0: Well, this morning, as I just mentioned, I have an opportunity to share with each and every one of you the heartbeat behind what God put in my heart nearly four and a half years ago. And oftentimes, I just want to say this right off the start is there's things that God places in your heart just like you heard about Rachel, and he gives you absolutely no details about it. He just plants a seed, and as you're walking down the path and you start to obey him, and this is why it's so important to truly, um, to, to, to take steps of courage, of faith, and to step out and to do what he's asking you to do, it wasn't until I made the decision to step out and to say, Lord, I'm ready to plant new day, that the details started to come into place. And oftentimes we want God to show all of his cards before we take some of those steps. And I believe that God, although he's very faithful and loving, he says, will you trust me? I think there's a big difference between do you trust me and will you trust me? Will you trust me is an invitation. Do you oftentimes (laughs) leads to, no, I'm so sorry. Oh, man, I just, I stink. You know what? Sorry. No, will you is, Justin, will you accept the invitation to come along with me and do the very things that I already placed inside of you? And the same is true for you as well. And so today I hope to capture your attention and your heart, and to prayerfully help you see the very things that God has placed deep within my heart regarding the work of New Day and also regarding you and your family and how you can play a major part in advancing God's kingdom with us. And this morning, I hope to answer a few questions. Why do I believe that God would send somebody to New Day? I truly believe that God leads people a certain way. Yes, we have choices, and yes, we make decisions, but I hope to answer today why I believe that God would lead somebody to New Day. And I also want to answer the question is, what can we expect or someone expect when they come here and they're a part of what God's doing at New Day? What can you expect that God will do inside your life? And to prayerfully help you get a glimpse of the heartbeat in here at New Day. The word vision is very simple, but I love this definition. It simply says this. You can put that on the screen, Jackson. Simply divine is a picture of the future that will produce passion and commitment to those who embrace it. Vision is important. It's not the most important thing. It's just part of the process. Is that when vision is cast, when vision is placed out there, it allows somebody to hear what God is saying within those those words, and that if they embrace it, it will produce passion and commitment inside the person who embraces it. And first and foremost, the person that is given a vision must embrace it before it ever can spread, before God can ever use that vision to impact people. And you'll see in just a moment of a a character in the Bible that has blessed me tremendously as I read through some of the stories of how God used this man. But when you cast a vision, it's a picture of what God has, the heartbeat behind what we're doing, that it will produce passion and commitment to those who embrace it. And I already know that New Day is not for everyone. I fully understand that. And there's reasons why that's true. Because there's many good churches around in the area. But today I feel it very important to share who we are and why God has placed us in this area in this community, for this season. I say this often, but I believe it at the depth of my heart, is that we are in the people-building business. This is an important distinction because it doesn't have to be for every church, but for New Day, we are in the people-building business. We are here to build God's people. That's why I stand up here every single week, is to call you up into what He has called you to do to build you up into who you are. We're not here to build buildings, although I hope to one day. We just have to grow out of this one. But we are hyper-focused hyper on building you and calling each and every one of you up into who you are in God's eyes, into the purpose and the ministry that he has given to you before you were even born. And I'm watching that each and every week. I see different individuals start to catch the heart of God toward them. That he's not angry with them. That he's not frustrated with them. That he's not disappointed with you. In fact, he's calling you to the very things that he's already called you to do long before you were born. And as I was preparing this message, I was reminded of the man, Nehemiah. Nehemiah saw something. He heard about bad news that shook him to his core. And he was moved by something. I thought this was very interesting. He was moved by something that was greater than ambition. He was moved by compassion and brokenness. If you've never met an ambitious person, it will take them far. But if you've ever met a person who has been broken and now has compassion, it will take them much further. There's something that God can do with the broken. There's something that God can do when his heart is placed in yours and now you have a compassion for the very thing that he has placed inside of your heart. And he saw something that was not right. The walls of the city of God were in ruins. And the very place, think about this, that was meant to be a beacon of light in a dark world was no longer shining. And what are we called? The lights of the world. We are called to be a light. We are called to be salt. And it's the very same thing that I feel as I see that there's a, a kingdom, uh, sons and daughters of God who, has, who have lost their place, that they're no longer shining like they should be shining in a dark world, that actually the darkness has called, caused them, caused us, to talk more about how bad the darkness is rather than to allow God to light us even brighter. And just like Nehemiah had compassion and he was moved and said, you know what? This is not right, God. Let's do something about this. His heart was broken over what he saw. Realizing generation, if someone didn't do something, that he looked at those walls and he realized if someone doesn't do something, the next generation ultimately suffers. And it was at that moment that he realized, God, you're calling me to be that someone to do something. And there are plenty of someones right in front of me today that are called to do something by God. And I don't know what that is, but my prayer is that you will have ears to hear what God is calling you each and every day to do something. And so Nehemiah responded, and he followed what God put inside of his heart. And five years ago, God placed the words New Day in my heart. Five years ago, 2000, the end of 2013. And I saw at the time that New Day would be a place of new beginnings, of fresh starts, and a place where people would capture once again their first love. Because when you live life without your first love, and you're, you're a Christian without truly knowing your Father, what's Christianity? Ultimately, it's not, a, it's not just what we do. it's not just what we say. it's not just how we act. It's about whose we are. And it's about the one that we know is our Father, a heavenly Father that has adopted us as His own, and he defines us as beloved children of His. And I never imagined that this would play out the way that it has. But I am here to tell you that God's ways are not our ways. and His ways are much better than my ways. And they're much better than your ways. Can I get an amen? Amen. And we don't fully understand his ways at times, but if we'll come to the understanding that his ways are not our ways, and his ways are better than our ways, we can trust him. And he gave me a vision of New Day. But first he had to prepare me to walk it out. And I want you to know he'll do the same for your own life. And that preparation is not always fun. If you want to run a marathon, what do you have to do? Prepare. You don't just go run. You get your body ready for what's going to take place to your body when you run 26 miles. And God is the same way. He calls you to something. And four and a half years ago, he gave me this idea of new day. And what it would represent to so many people, and I had one idea of it. I had that this is how it's going to happen, and he had a completely different way. But what did he have to do? Prepare me. Prepare me to realize what it means to be broken. To prepare me to realize what it means to be hurt. What it means to come in with a limp. What it means to not be in a great place all the time. I had to be able to identify with individuals and realize, man, I know what you feel like. I know what it means when you're broke. I know what it means when your marriage is struggling. I know what it means when your kid has a disease that, he'll, that is supposed to never be cured. I know what you're going through. And so he was preparing me to be able to what? Lead with compassion, not just ambition. To lead from a place of brokenness. And not from a place of, come on, let's just get with it and let's just do what God's called us to do. And because he was able to do that inside my life, he showed me how he meets people right where they're at. And what comes to my mind is the good Samaritan. He met that man right where he was at. Two religious leaders passed by a guy that was nearly dead. Because they had something to do. This one man stopped and he met that man right where he is at and took care of him until he was on his place where he was like, I can do that for somebody else. And so God graciously stripped me and he molded me and he loved me into a place where I was semi-ready to lead his work. And to shepherd a people according to his purpose and plan and not my own. If I was a shepherd or a pastor three years ago, I would not be the shepherd that I was supposed to be. I can promise you that. The way that I saw, the way that I saw people, the way that I saw church, everything he changed so graciously and lovingly. And it was at that moment that he began to show me some things. Four years ago, two passages that stood out. The first one was this, Isaiah chapter 43, 19. It says, behold, I, everybody say I. I. This is not you, this is God. I love that because it's God that does the work. We just simply get to facilitate the very things that he wants to do. But he says, behold, I will do a new thing. And it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it, I will even make. And I love this because this is what's happening in so many of your lives. He said, will I not even make a road in where? The wilderness. What I love about that is he did not take away the wilderness. Can I get another amen? He didn't take this away. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a road in the wilderness, because the wilderness is important. The wilderness has a purpose. The wilderness forms us, and it allows us to hear the voice of God and to understand who He is. But He said, I'll make a road in the wilderness, and I'm going to even make rivers where? In the desert. He didn't take us out of the desert. What did He make? A river in the desert. And that's what I begin to see that He's going to do in New Day. That's a place that he's going to do a new thing in people's lives that they're exiting maybe one long season and they're entering a new one because they desperately need it. They desperately need to recapture their first love again or they need to have a new vision for what God has for them or they're stepping into a purpose that God has placed in their life but it's just been dormant. And God says, I'm going to do a new thing inside of people's lives as they come to New Day. The second verse that stood out to me at that time was Isaiah chapter 58. In verse number 10, it says, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. Three years ago in ministry, the hungry and the afflicted, and I, and I say this respectfully because it never came across like this, but they were, they were a burden to doing what I wanted to do. I want you to hear that for a second. And so I always gravitated toward those who were progressing at a good level. Do you know what I'm saying? And I can call them and I can, I can build into them. And man, we would disciple each other. Why? Because that was like the cream of the crop, so to speak. And isn't it amazing that as he showed me this verses, it didn't even stand out to me until I realized that he gave me a heart now for the hungry and for the afflicted. To realize that he's going to send people and those are not a burden to a ministry, They're meant to be there so they could be called out of that place so one day they're no longer hungry and one day they're no longer afflicted but now they know how to minister to the hungry and to the afflicted. And that's why I want you guys to never know that it's a burden when you share what you're going through. And I pray, I pray, I pray that you'll learn how to be free to be where you're at. God doesn't keep us there but he allows us to be there because that's where love starts is this is where I'm at, what are you going to do? And if we say, well, jump through this hoop, and then I'll love you, it's not love. That's condition. But if we say, you know what? I know you're on the side of the road, and man, you're bleeding, and you have nowhere to, hey, I'm going to help you. I'm going to stop what I was doing in my life. I'm going to place you on a donkey. I'm going to take you to an inn. I'm going to pay the hospital to take care of you, and I'm going to check up on you. That's love, because that man could do nothing for that other person. And then it says, as you do this, then your light shall uh, dawn in the darkness. And I, I remember telling the small group that started with us, some 27 people, that we're not even on the enemy's radar. Like, he's not concerned about New Day. He's not wondering what we're up to because it's nothing compared to what he's already trying to do. But I know there's a day that will come, and maybe it has. Where darkness goes, it's time to wake up to what God's doing there at that new day community. Because if he's raising up sons and daughters to leave these walls and go do ministry that he's called us to do, can you imagine the lights that leave here? It's almost like I gave you a brand, or God gave you a brand new set of energizer batteries. And now the thing is shining. And that's where it says, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be that as a noonday. That what hell had a grip on, the territory that hell had inside of our life, now it's like shining because we are, amen? Now look at verse 11 and 12. He said, the Lord will guide you continually, and you can receive this as a, a benefit of what God's doing here. He said, the Lord's going to guide you continually. He's going to satisfy your soul in drought. He's going to strengthen your bones, and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. That's the promise that God is giving each and every one of us as we come and learn how to love and learn how to enjoy God together. He says, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to satisfy you. I'm going to strengthen you. You're going to be like a watered garden. Now look at verse 12. And those from among you shall build old waste places and you shall raise a repairer of the breach and a restorer of the streets to dwell on. It was from these very verses four years ago that God began to show me the reason why New Day was being established by him. Look at this, to help rebuild what has been broken. So he said, Justin, I'm having you start a new work called New Day. The term extremely significant to so many that are going to come. And this is what you're assigned to do in people's lives. That through the ministry of New Day, God's going to rebuild what has been broken in your life. I've already watched it happen. I've already seen the broken pieces begin to be mended together. He's going to repair what has been damaged. That's a big one. Because some of us come from broken past and we come from things that have been damaged because of hurt relationships or things that went wrong in business or whatever it may be, he's going to repair what has been damaged. The third one that I saw out of that passage is he's going to restore what has been lost. Maybe it's time, maybe it's money, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's fruitfulness in ministry, maybe it's years that have gone by. He's going to restore what has been lost. And that through New Day, we're going to raise up leaders. We're going to raise up leaders who are going to do what God's called them to do. Every single one of you. If I can get contact with every single line here, you're a leader. And God is going to raise you up to do something for his kingdom. And the last one I saw, and I pray that this will be something that is true about us, that people would know us in this sense, that we learn how to release people to do something great for God's kingdom. That there would be no egos in our leadership team here and insecurities, but we would, we would know that we could release you to do something great for God's kingdom. And first, you have to believe it. Second, you have to know that God's called you. And then we have the opportunity to release you to go and be what God's called you to be. Amen? But the question I was asking at that time was How? And so this is how I usually did it. I planned and I strategized and I thought and I planned and I stressed and I planned and I prayed and I thought and I planned more. And you get the point until I realized what New Day's main job truly was and it was out of that very moment where I came to the end of myself that this phrase was birth. That we are about this right right here. To reach people right where they're at with God's love. To reach people right where they're at and he taught me that first lesson was through a lovely lady named Wendy she was the first person that God began to show me how to do this to that person I met her in a park she was singing into an app on her phone she had three kids and I had Carly there with me and I've only been in that park once in my life and I've never been before and the sun was coming down, and I just made sure she knew I wasn't hitting on her, so I showed her a picture of my family. <laughs> I asked her if she went to church. She said, no. I said, you sing uh, in a church. Well, you don't go to church, so you obviously don't sing in a church. I said, would you like to be part of a church that I'm planning in a couple of months? And somehow, some way, she had the courage to come to one of our first couple meetings. And it was at that moment where the Lord showed me how to love somebody right where they're at to not conform her to a set of rules, to not try to fix her, to not try to make sure she knew this is how you're supposed to act when you come here, but no, you be Wendy and let us just learn how to love you. And it was, yeah, amen. It was from that very moment that I caught how God does what he does best, that I am not in your life to fix you, to make you better, I'm not here, I'm here to simply reach you right where you're at with the love of God and I've watched others learn how to do it, and we're all growing and learning in that very thing. And so it's a very simple statement. I don't have some grandiose plan on how to grow the church except to reach people right where they are with the love of God, with no strings attached, no hoops to jump through, and no system to conform to. I want to say that again. With no strings attached, that's love. With not a single hoop to jump through, that's love, and no system to conform to, That is love. And so love became a strategy. Love was the way that God was going to fulfill the work that he gave us to do here. And I realized more than ever that we are in the loving business. And God is in the transformation business. That we get a love and he gets to transform because that's what he does well. And what a beautiful partnership that is that I get to love people and he gets to transform them. And so I want to remind you, I'm not here to transform or fix your life. New Day is not here or in existence to transform you, to fix you, to fix your marriage, to fix your kids. I know sometimes you pray, Jim will help with your kids, but uh, that's not what we're here for. We are here, we are built, we are established. God established this work to showcase his love, which is relentless, which is endless, and which is pure. I remember Sarah woke up, Sarah woke up at uh, 3.30 a.m. the other day. And, of course, when she's up, let's wake somebody else up who's in the same bed as you. And she said, Justin, I can't shake it. She goes, you know how businesses or churches are known for something? She goes, I, I feel like God's saying that we'll be known by our love for one another. Can you imagine that? We're not there yet. But that's where we are sometimes. Yeah, we do a good job sometimes. But that's where we're going. That's what we're practicing. That's what we're learning to be. And Jesus even said these words. He said, you will know them by the love that they have for one another. And that's when I got a picture of this girl I want to show you on the screen. Some of you remember me sharing this. Some of you used to be there. I talked with, a, I won't say her name, but she goes, oh, how did you get a picture of me on the screen? And, uh, and I remember I got a picture of a girl just like that who was in a fetal position. And I said, God, why are you having me teach on the love of God so much? Like, holy cow, like, we know you love us. And he goes, you don't. Like, you don't. You know it up here, but my people don't believe it. Like, if they knew how much I love them, that you can't exaggerate the love of God. Like, the width and the depth and the height and the length of it is beyond our understanding. He goes, Justin... This girl right here, all I need you to do is love her. I don't need you to give her a sermon. I don't need to show you uh, give her a path on how to get out of here. First and foremost, I need you to get down in that corner with her, you, put your arms around her, and let her experience my love. And it's by her experiencing my love that she actually gets out of that corner. She starts to raise up with this certain level of confidence that my God loves me he's with me every step of the way. He was with Jamie every step of the way when she went through that divorce. She was with Rachel every step of the way and that's why their countenance is different. That's why it's why their confidence because it's God who transforms them. It's not a person. It's not a church. It was literally God through us met them right where they're at. And so as this girl gets raised up by God's love, she starts to go and what does it happen? You go and you, Eat a great food, what do you do? You share it with somebody else. You go watch a movie that you absolutely love. You go share it with somebody else. And this is why I realized, Justin, you can do all the marketing you want in the world, but what if you tried it my way? Not against marketing, not against social media, nothing like that, but I realized if this girl experiences the love of God and it raises her up to a point where she can actually walk and be who God called her to be, what does she want to go do? Find somebody else in the corner who's bundled up and says, I know exactly what you're going through. And because nobody gave me a hoop to jump through, I'm going to get in that corner with you. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to hug you. Amen. And I'm going to be there every step of the way. And I'm not going to rush this process because if there is a place where we go, oh, my gosh, it's been two weeks and you're still like this. It's just because she hasn't caught the love of God yet. It's not because you, I can get her up and I can say, let's clean yourself up. And I remember this phrase that the Lord gave me is religion wants to cover the leper up and Jesus wants to make the leper whole. Wow. Is that there are hurt people out there. There's hurt people inside of here. And they everybody knows how to put a smile on their face. And I just pray that there's freedom to say, you know what, this is where I'm at. Because it's only when you allow yourself to be who you are and where you're at and somebody truly knows how to love you right there that's when you start to see God transform people. And so it was out of that picture that God, that the mission of New Day was truly birthed, which is to reach people right where they are, you can put that on the screen, with God's love, so what? That they can be transformed by his power and his grace. That I know as a church, as a family, as brothers and sisters, as sons and daughters that sit before me, we are called to love people right where they are with God's love and let him now take care of transforming them by his power and his grace. So we, initially, the core group and I, started to model what that looked like. It began with Mrs. Wendy. And it was new to many of us and it required a new mindset and a paradigm shift. And thus this phrase was born soon after. That we have become a church. Jackson, you are doing an awesome job today. Thank you. Isn't he? We, we, that we are relational before what? Oh, this is, this is a game changer when it comes to walking life as a Christian. Because functional Christianity means that if you function for God, guess what you're now going to encourage somebody else to do? function for God and that function looks great religion loves function because it makes you look good it makes you sound right but it doesn't change internalize that God is relational before he wants my function and so as much as I want to perform for God and make him so proud with how well I walk and how well I sing and how great of a smile I have first and foremost he says I want you and I want you to know me and I want you to know who I am for you, and I want you to know who you are to me. You are my beloved son and daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And that's when relation and relationship now bursts to a function in your life. So it's not about, hey, look this way, and don't watch this, and don't talk like that, and make sure we go love people, and hey, hey can, when you have a chance, can you go outside these walls and go witness about Jesus? I don't have to do any of that because function is not what bursts anything. But when I introduce you, and I have the joy of doing it every single week, introduce you to who your Father is for you and how much he loves you and how delighted he is in you, not because of your performance, but because of Jesus Christ was perfect on that cross, then we get to live free. Amen? We don't have to try to earn anything with God. We just get to go and get to love people. And so we are not in this to build the ministry. I can tell you that right now. We won't have many programs or church functions. Because if we just try to program you into a place of being better, we miss the mark completely. We are here to build God's people by calling them up and empowering them to do what God has placed in your heart. To reintroduce you to the Father. And to put down the masks, amen? So that we can be real with each other. And we're allowing God to show us how to love one another how to care for the person that is in the row next to you, that you may not know their name. That's the first step of love. What's your name? My name's this. How are you doing today? And they'll start where? Surface. Until they know if it's truly love that is asking that question. And as love kind of makes itself very apparent, what happens is they go, I'm going to now tell you this. Then I'm going to tell you this. And we've watched it happen in New Day. If you've we have a little facebook community that we have and the vulnerability is a little too much sometimes <laughs> because there's a safe place to be where you are and who you are and watch people love on you without putting a whole bunch of conforming function to your life how to be a one mind and one accord that's what we're learning how to do and so we're all learning we're all growing and i want to make this very clear We all play a part. Look at these verses. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I just want to kind of state them so you can study them at another time. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, and 12. It says, remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. That means every single person in this room, every person has a gift that has been distributed. It will be activated, and it will be operated by the Holy Spirit working inside your life. And just as the human body is one, though it has many parts, that together they form one body, so too is Christ. We'll skip 13, go to 14 and 16. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, and sometimes we look at life like this, and I just want to encourage you not to. And that's why I begin to, man, just stir my heart a few weeks ago about both Judies. I remember the Lord showed me so clearly it's through those two ladies sitting right there in the middle that God is going to do a move of God in New Day. It's going to start with those two. And I begin to see how important that is. Why? Because Jesus said, my house shall be a what? A house of prayer. And they were the two ones that said it's time to start interceding for every single person. And so they have a team of six ladies that pray for every single seat every single Sunday for you. So when you sit down in that seat, you can be assured of this. Jesus sat there before you did. And it says, since I'm not the hand, I'm not part of the body. No, Judy doesn't have to be up here preaching to be a major part of what God's going to do. And he showed me that crystal clear. It says, and if the ear were to say, since I'm not the eye, I'm not really part of the body, it's forgetting that it's still important part of the body. Now look at verse 16 or 17 through 20, think of it this way, if the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell? But God has carefully designed each of you and placed it or you in the body to function as he desires. This building is not all for you. There are some people here that are going to help us do what God's called us to do. But the majority of you are called to go outside these walls and to do something amazing for God's kingdom. Amen. And it says this, And a diversity is required for if the body consisted of one single part. There wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. I want to make this clear. My wife, Sarah, will give me the, probably the biggest amen here today. This is not Justin's church. This is not my church. I want to say that honestly because just like we did not go, oh, those were Nehemiah's walls. He just got to facilitate something for God. Those were God's walls. Those were the walls of Jerusalem. This is God's work, and I simply get to, not have to, thank you, pops, get to pastor the flock and to facilitate the work that he has here. And so I want to say this, and I believe it's important for some people where they come from. No one here is to declare their loyalty to me. You are first and foremost loyal to God and what he has placed in your heart and the assignment he has given to you. And the second month into this church, I saw a picture in my mind, one that changed literally how I see you and how I was. I got a picture of a garage and the picture of a pit stop. And it was in this moment that the way that I pastored completely changed the way that I saw my role in your life. When you go to a garage, what do you do? You park your car, take out the keys, and now you are where? You're home. And you settle. But if you had a pit stop in like an Indy 500, what is the purpose of a pit stop? It is to say, come, get something adjusted, whatever it is, maybe it's an attitude, (laughs) I don't know who that was for today. But get your tire change, oil change, whatever it is that you need. And then what? You're sent back out to go do the race. And when I saw that, I realized that you are not here to help me build this. I'm here to help you build what God has placed on the inside of you. That changed everything for me because... You have ministries and giftings and assignments on your life. And this Sunday morning time that we get to gather together, which is important, is to just fix a tire, give you some extra oil, let you know that you're going to make it and then get back out there and go do the race. That maybe is tiresome, that maybe is hard, but that you can be excited and passionate about what God has placed inside your heart to do. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 4 comes from this verse. Um, it says that he has appointed, I'm not going to read all this, but it says he's appointed a five-fold ministry. And look at the purpose. My role is to nurture and to prepare all the believers to do what? Their own works of ministry. Some of you in this room, I know there's, a, there's bankers and there's doctors and there's real estate agents and there's furniture owners and there's so many different place, people in this room. That is not first and foremost your primary ministry. That is maybe the mission field for your ministry, but your ministry is to ultimately be a minister of reconciliation, to know that you're in that place for a reason. Ministry is not done in these four walls. It's done outside these four walls, and it's done by every single one of you, and I can just imagine, I see it. Maybe it's 100 people now, but maybe in a year it's going to be 200 and 300, whatever it is, dispersing outside of a church to go Monday through Saturday. Watch out, devil, because we're about to take some territory back from hell. Amen? And so you are not here to help me build New Day unless you feel called to do so. I am here, and we call it the crew or volunteers, pit crew, huh? Get that one is here to help you step into all that God has for you, the purpose, the assignments, and the plans that he has. And I'm fully aware that before me sits individuals who come here from many different walks of life with many different stories, many different pasts. And some of you are filled to the brim with pain and struggle and disappointment. And there's others in the same role that are filled with happiness and joy And that's why I love what the Bible says. It says, learn how to mourn with those who what? And to rejoice with those who, that's love. Because sometimes we want those who mourn to rejoice. And we want those who are rejoicing to mourn with us. But when you meet somebody right where they're at, if they're mourning, we mourn with them. If they're rejoicing, we rejoice with them. That's why I'm so blessed by Andrew and John. I mean, these guys, uh, God has touched their lives. They came in a place of difficulty, amen? I think that's just the, the uh, G-rated version of, of the, the state that they were in, facing in life. And what God has done inside their lives, giving them a new perspective with a new mindset. They're here now every single Sunday helping us set up. It. They get here before I do, and now they make jokes that I'm late at times. It's a... Uh, it's funny how you get free. You get sarcastic too. but uh... <laughs> Some of you here are distant from God and others of you are in heavy pursuit of who he is. But I want to reassure you that regardless of your past, God truly welcomes you as you are, but he never leaves you that way. But he allows us to approach him in our pain, in our brokenness, in our hurt. And I'm not here to change you, as I mentioned before. I'm not here to fix you. I'm not here to conform you. I'm here to welcome you, to love you right where you are. We all are to share with you the messages and the sermons that God has given to me each and every week, because it's by his words that you're transformed. It's by his word and his presence that you're set free. It's by his word and his presence that you achieve the victory that is already yours in life. And for many of us in this room, we have a hard time receiving from God. Because our yesterday speaks so loudly. How many have a yesterday? Does it have a voice? Yeah, mine does too. The voice of yesterday says you're disqualified. The voice of yesterday says you're destined to fail. It says you're never going to make it. You're just a disappointment to God and to others. Yesterday says you'll always be bound to that addiction that you're here with. Yesterday says you're not wanted. Yesterday says you have no more reason to live. But I believe, without a play on words, that God is offering each and every one of us a new day, a fresh start. So let me close just, just in reinforcing who we are at New Day. We are a church that believes the radical gospel of God's grace and his power. We're a church that is learning how to love each other's without hoops or without strings. We're a church that is not known for We're known for what we stand for and we're not known for what we don't stand for. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's not what we're against and we're against this. No, we're for who God is in your life and who you are to God and what he's called you to do. And some of you will not understand this statement about to make. And if you have any questions, please ask me. But we're a church that will call you up rather than always calling you out. We're a church that will prepare you for God's call on your life. A church that will send you out to do what you're called to do. And a church that will always attempt, and I pray this will be my heart as a, a pastor here, a church that will always attempt to steer you into the loving arms of your Father. I'm not Yoda up here. I want you to know that. You don't, I'm not the end all of wisdom. I'm not the end all of an answer or solution to your life. I may have something to help you here and there and encourage you here and there. As we build a friendship and relationship, and at the end of the day, you have a heavenly father who has given you his spirit, whose son died for you, and he has given you the wisdom of almighty. And we're a church that wholeheartedly believes in building a people, his people, more than building a ministry. That's who we are. And that's what we're gonna strive to do continuing in 2019. So without being corny, who's ready for